Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Sunday night Bible study and fellowship. It's good to see you visitors tonight in the chat room. Uh, reason I say visitors because I don't see you there all the time. So it's good to have you tonight. Appreciate you taking time to be with us. Well, tonight I'm going to. Um, does should I should do this more often? And I find I'm I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to give uh, Brother Chad and Brother David a program to speak as well. And tonight brother David's going to going to take the program and uh, and give us what the Lord has put on his heart and uh, I'm sure that you'll get a blessing from it. I'm sure it'll be scriptural and I'm sure it'll be good. Is there anybody that's got any prayer requests in the chat room before we get started? Um whenever brother Chad opens us in prayer, brother Chad, don't forget to remember Bridget there over the, over there in uh, Australia when you pray as well, okay? And brother Howard, if you're out there or you hear this, thank you very much. God bless you, my brother. I appreciate you very, very much. Um, and brother Joe, I told y'all he sends his greetings to y'all, and so does brother Tony Adams as well. And remember, brother Tony, when you pray. So, if anybody's got any prayer requests, go ahead and type them into the into the chat. And we will address them before we start. Before the program started, we were talking to you downloaders. We we were talking about the the movie, the movie Missing 411, which is not a worldly movie. It's not Hollywood. It's about people that go missing for no cause, and it takes place in national forces forests across North America, Canada, and as far as that goes, across the world. And um, I think it has a connection to do with those people that the Bible say, the Bible says lives under the earth. Either It's either that or extra-dimensional one. And if you're, if 
you've never heard of David Pilatus and, and Missing 411, I advise you to go listen to some of his interviews before you watch the movie. So you'll be um, you'll be prepped for what you're going to see. So you can look at it in that light, not in the light of a whodunit. Okay? More in the light of what done it. Would you agree with that, Brother Chad, Brother David? Yes, More in the light of a what done it instead of a whodunit? <laughs> yes, but what did it? Yeah, what did it, what done it, whatever. I'm in Indeed. Alabama. I can use done it. <laughs> uh, anybody write anything in the chat room? Brother Pete, I was hollering to you a while ago, brother. You never did speak back. What's going on, man? You doing okay? <laughs> Give me a holler after the after the broadcast tonight if you get an opportunity. I'll be up till that in the morning hours anyway. If nobody wrote anything in the chat room. I'm going to turn, let Brother Chad open us in a word of prayer and turn it over to Brother Dave. All right. So did anybody ask for any prayer requests? None yet. Yeah, that's okay. Pray for them anyway, Brother Chad. They all need prayer whether they want to admit it or not, okay? Go ahead and open us in a word of prayer. Sure thing. Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you with uh, humble hearts and bended knees, Lord. Yes, Father. We're uh, really amazed at, uh, at at you just being here for whatever your purpose that you made us for your pleasure, Lord, and yeah. you claimed us through your Son, Lord. And we're lost and just marching down that path towards that empty place known as hell. Uh, deserve it of that fire and that they, that you were there to give us that there's even a, a place for us to turn to that we're to turn and say you know what I know you're there I know you're there because you made me and uh, giving us the chance to seek you out Lord and giving us the ability of repentance and paying our sin for us Thank you so much for yes, the precious blood of your son. And yes, Father. Cleansing that it's done in our lives, that we're able to meet here and and uh, fellowship in the name of our Lord Jesus. We ask, we ask that you anoint the tongue of Brother Dave tonight, Lord. And give him the yes. power of the Holy Ghost that he be able to speak and according to your will and that we be able to hear according to your will and learn according to your will and that that work that you began in us, Lord, that we be edified tonight and that we be magnified through our understanding and our knowledge and that you grant us wisdom, Lord, according to your will. And we pray for everyone that's in our assembly, Lord. There's uh, so many to mention, but, uh, well, for sure, we we always pray for our brother Don, Lord. You know, we know you love him by just by counting his stripes. And uh, we're thankful for that. And, you know, the closer we get to you, the more stripes we get ourselves. And uh, we're, we're so thankful you've given us guys like Brother Don and Paul and Peter and Ignatius and Julian and all these guys that went to the stake for you, Lord, and an example for what our job here is, Lord, that uh, we're to commit to your word and follow your Follow your commandments and be obedient to you, Lord. 
We love your word. And we thank you for it. And we pray for pray for Brother Pete over there in Australia, on the left side there. And uh, for Bridget in Australia too, Lord, that she be brought into the fold, Lord. Accept you. Admit that she needs you, needs you and can't do it without you, Lord. Pray for Brother Joe in Vancouver and his ministry, and that uh, you magnify him, Brother Sergio out there as well, and his entire family, Lord. We pray for their well-being and you uh, touch their hearts and, and light light their candles on fire brightly, Lord. Brother Tony Adams, Brother Steve Lissy. Of course, we pray for Kevin. Thank you so much for Kevin, Lord. Yes, Father. Yes. Yes. Without him, there we wouldn't. You know, it's, he makes it so easy that we'd be able to come here and fellowship in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Cause yes. We have Kevin Kitchen. He's uh, steady as that rock, Lord. Uh, might have to rename him Cephas. I'm not sure, but uh, we love him. Thank you for that, Lord. And we're going to pray for Brother David Hummel. Yes, Lord. Papa Cat and Brother Holler. And uh, we're constantly praying for Don's daughter, Cammie, Lord, that you, uh, you answer her prayers that she's asking you for, Lord, according to your will, of course. Let it be your will and not ours, Lord. Brother Chance has been with us off times in the last couple of weeks, Lord. We pray that he would be edified and fed by your word as well, Lord. And I know there's going to be those that I miss, Lord. I pray for my wife, Marine, yes, Lord. And I pray for my 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 family and my my cousin uh, Angelica, Lord, that she be yes, feeding on your word, Lord, and she be hungry and thirsting, and uh, and that uh, she know where to where to find that food and that drink, Lord. And for anyone within sound of our voices here tonight, if they need your your spiritual food or your spiritual drink, Lord, that they come to you, and if they be unrepented and haven't received your salvation, your gift of salvation, and and uh, they're carrying around their sins, Lord, heading down that path, and we we pray that they turn them over to you, Lord, for for the cleansing of of, of within your blood that that you shed that uh, you may make us clean as long as we come to you and love you for it, Lord. We thank you so much. We don't have to go to that judgment seat and pay for our sins ourselves, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, with this, in your precious name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that uh, our fellowship tonight be uh, be pleasing to you and according to your will. In your name, precious Jesus. Amen. 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 Take it away, Brother Dave. Okay, um, you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, so we're definitely going to get into some scripture here tonight, and I want to just tell people, some of you may not know, but back in 1990, I got associated with a healing evangelist, a crusade healing evangelist who did, um, you know, sports, arenas, stadiums, that type of things. But he had a big heart for the world that had been little evangelized. So he liked to go to India, Muslim countries. And when the Iron Curtain came down, he went into Russia and Belarus and 
Ukraine and places like that. And uh, I went to his, the church that he started. He was also a pastor. And got to know his ministry there. He was on television as well. Now, I don't want to say this guy didn't have faults and he had some false doctrine. I realize that today. But I remember being in the crusade with him. I was invited along. Of course, I had to pay my own way. But I was invited along and I worked the crusade that we had four nights in Belarus, Minsk, the capital city, and the big sports stadium there. And then on the second or third night, it was Saturday night, I believe, I was invited to sit on the podium. But every night, what changed my life about the thing was the powerful anointing that was there. I mean, it was all over the stadium. It was everywhere. The power of the Holy Spirit magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ like I had never in my life experienced before. I had experienced the power of Jesus. I got saved. I got born again. I'd been in meetings where the Holy Spirit moved, and I love those times. I wish we had more. But never before this, there was that sweetness of the Holy Ghost, and yet there was that power. I mean the power of God. And when I sat on uh, one night with him on the podium, and I'm telling you, changed my life. And, you know, I, I've i had to, over the years, kind of go back, look at things, look at scriptures, study things close, because there was some false doctrine, and yet, the and sin. And yet, the Lord Jesus Christ was magnifying his word and using this man to reach people, and they got saved. And yeah, there was a lot of people who made decisions just to get healed or trying just to get blessed or misunderstood what they were doing. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of that. But there was real fruit too, real fruit. And that so impressed upon me that when I came back, he invited me to go to his Bible school after I went on a mission God sent, not by anybody, not by a man, not by my parents, no one. At that stadium, heard the Holy Ghost speak to me in an uh, extremely powerful way. I won't relate it, but he called me to go, and I went for six months. When I came back, he invited me to visit him and invited me to go to his Bible college. And that started a working relationship for quite a number of years. Now, tonight, you know, we've talked about lots of things. So tonight, I'm going to give you what I see about healing and sickness and disease. And I think it'll be a little bit different from Don, but not much. But there'll be a little bit of difference. So there'll be questions likely, maybe, hopefully. Please save them till the end. Write them in the chat. Pastor Don or myself can answer them. So the origin of sickness and disease, I believe probably most know, death and disease are the consequences of sin. We are all born into sin. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And again in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
so we can see what causes death but sicknesses and diseases and infirmities bring about death. So the wages of sin is all these sicknesses and diseases and infirmities and wearing out of our bodies that bring about the end result. And yet, even there, the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life will someday touch our body in its fullness. But even in this age, you can't walk around with that Zoe life of God, that eternal life, life the way God lives it without it touching you from time to time as he wills. And he wills. He wills to touch our bodies and to heal them. He wills to pour out his love upon us. He wills to see us blessed and happy and whole as well. Deuteronomy 28:58. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues and of long continuance and sore sickness, and of long continuous, moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. So we can see the results of sin, separation from God, going our own way, is all these sicknesses and disease, and it's a promise of God. It's a promise of God they will come upon us. Exodus fifteen twenty six, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. We can see even here, God is saying these diseases will come upon you if you sin, if you go your own way, if you rebel. And yet he's telling them, you can come. I'm the God that healeth thee. You can come. You can repent. You can come. I'll heal thee. God is the designer of the framework for human living. You know, his will was never sickness. And when Man fell into sin, bringing sickness upon himself. This didn't change God's original intention of health for man. For mankind, when he made Adam, his intention was everything. He would have health and live forever. And his desire still is to bring that about. And he has a plan. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. In Genesis chapter 1, God tells us he made man his image. Okay, so man was made in his image. Do you think sickness was a part of his image? If sickness and pain make you holy, then why isn't God in sickness and pain right now since he is the holiest, the most righteous of all? Wouldn't he have had all this to help him be that way? Would not God have given Adam and Eve a little sickness and disease when he first made them to help keep them holy, if that is what disease is capable of doing for us? When he made man, he said it was very good. 
there was no infirmity, illness, and disease. It was very good. It wasn't infirmity. It wasn't decrepit. It wasn't painful. It wasn't sin and disease. People just naturally know illness of any kind is not good. Even sinners know that. Even tribal people, even people that never heard the name Jesus know, hey, that's not good. Now, I want to give you nine scriptural proofs that sickness is from the devil. Luke, chapter 4, verse 35. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And in the same chapter, down at verse 39. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately... She arose and ministered unto them. Here we learned Jesus. He spoke and rebuked the demon in verse 35. And he spoke to this fever like it could hear. He spoke to it directly because it was a spirit of infirmity. It was a devil and he spoke to it. And he rebuked it and commanded it out of her. Huh. It was a devil that ministered this fever to her, not the Holy Spirit, not God. God didn't give it. It was a devil. This was God rebuking the devil. God wasn't rebuking himself. He was casting it out, the works of the devil. Acts chapter 10. Now this is number two, then second proof. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed. Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we see here that people are oppressed with sickness and disease by the devil, by the devil, and not by God. That is about as clear as it gets. God working to deliver and heal people who were oppressed of the devil. And you know, the word oppressed, in the Greek, it means to exercise dominion against, to oppress, to exercise harsh control over one. So we can see this is what the devil does, exercising oppression, harsh control over people. They're not oppressed by God, but the devil. Now the third proof, Luke 13, verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, hallelujah, Jesus did see her. He saw her. He sees you in your need too. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And in verse 16, Jesus says, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whose Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from the bond? On the Sabbath day, the spirit of infirmity, under Satan's authority, bound this woman 18 years. Bound by Satan, bound by Satan, not by God. Proof number four, 
Mark 9, verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. This deaf and dumb spirit, this unclean spirit, bound and oppressed this child. Not God, not God. It was the devil. We have to take authority over these spirits and cast them out in Jesus' name. Proof number five. The curses that God allowed the devil to send upon us in Deuteronomy chapter 28 because of our sin are done away in Jesus Christ. So the curse was brought on by our choice through the agency of Satan. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Jesus became the curse of our sins. Jesus took upon himself these sickness and disease brought about through the agency of Satan himself. Proof number six. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. See there? Jesus was not working against the Father by destroying sickness and disease. And casting out devils, Jesus was destroying sickness and disease because it was the works of the devil. God wasn't divided. The Father wasn't doing one thing, purifying people with sickness and disease. Well, Jesus was casting them out. Proof number seven. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The thief here is a false shepherd, but the devil sends these false shepherds, and Satan himself is a thief stealing and destroying. Jesus has come that you can have abundant life, not morose life, not Dolores life, not sick life, not painful life, but abundant life. The life here is everlasting, eternal life, life the way God lives it. Do you really think God's everlasting life would include disease and illness? But yes, I know our body isn't fully delivered yet. We're in this mortal coil on earth, subject to the powers of sin. But we have the power of God in us. We have the power of the eternal life. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We're called to rebuke these things and take authority over them. Proof number eight, James chapter one, verse 17. Every good gift. And every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light. 
with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He's not thinking one day I need to afflict him and another day, oh, I need to heal him and, you know, kind of in disarray, variable this and variable that. No, no. Every good gift comes from the Father. If sickness is good for us, why did Jesus work to destroy it? John chapter 5, verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. The Father healed in the Old Testament, and Jesus heals in the New Testament. If sickness is good for you and sent by God, why do you work against God by going to doctors, taking medication, or getting operations? Wouldn't this be working against the will of God for your life? If indeed God is using sickness to perfect us? I think not. I'm not saying this is out of the realm of possibility. There is that. We know. But this aspect is undeniable. I mean, even tribal people, these blue gums in Africa, they know it's not good. If it's God's will for you to be sick, just thank God for it. And do nothing. Let God have his way and perfect you. Why get in the way of God? Why stop trying to be ill or sick? I mean, after all, it's going to make you pure. Let God have his way. But I think we know it's not. I'm not going to stand in the way and deny God doesn't use some of that. But on the contrary, I think a lot of times people are misguided to and haven't read all the scriptures or, you know, not every illness that comes upon us very seldom, I think, is God using them. Job 2, verse 7, So when Satan, so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. God allowed Satan to smite Job, yes. And Satan smote Job with illness, but God did not smite him. Satan had the diseases. Satan was allowed to glorify God and try Job, but God healed Job after his ordeal, even in the Old Testament even without the blood of Jesus yet spilled. Some Christians say we we heal souls and not bodies. Well, you are called to imitate Jesus and to extend the kingdom of God. Deliverance from sin, death, illness, and disease is what Jesus did as well and is doing today. He commanded us to do it in Mark chapter 16, 15 to 18. And we know that a command of the Lord is a command. 
In Jesus Christ, we are delivered from sickness and demons, disease and illness. Here's what Isaiah tells us. These beautiful old words I cherish. The words of Isaiah, I cherish the whole book, but here we see something special. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hit and he we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Let me go on to see what the New Testament says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, through the blood, hallelujah, through the blood of Jesus, we are now dead to sins. No more curse, no more power of sin over our life. Let me continue the verse. Should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. The blood of Jesus saves you, and the stripes of Jesus heals you. You can't have one without the other. I mean, you can if you want, but God is there. They're simultaneously, they're inseparable, they're given together, they happen together. The, the healing together, the healing of your spirit, soul, and body, it's a parcel, it's a package, it's a gift. Take it, God gives it. The blood of Jesus saves you. The stripes of Jesus heals you. Again in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. There we have a third witness. A third witness, folks. Luke chapter 9, verse 56, For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Now I know the saving of your life, this one on earth, isn't as important as the one on the other side. But there's many reasons why the Spirit of God the blood of Jesus was spent that the Holy Spirit could come to us and impart to us the will of Jesus Christ that we could manifest the goodness and the power and the healing and anointing and power over the enemy that God wants us to have. It's life. It's life in the blood of Jesus. 
its power in the blood of Jesus, its eternal life, and the world needs to see it, and the Christians need to experience it. John chapter 6, healing in the Old Testament. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. So did God's will and desire to heal people change? Did it transition into a new character trait in the New Testament? Does the Father now punish sinners with disease to purify them? Jesus went about healing all in Acts 10.38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. God wasn't fighting God. God wasn't working against God. God was doing his will, destroying the oppression of the devil. Jesus said he was an imitation of the Father. So this was the Father's character and will to heal all, and not to transition into a new method. But there are there is a thing here. There is a visitation. There are times appointed. There are revivals. The Father healed in the Old Testament in the wilderness when the fiery serpents bit. When the fiery serpents bit the Israelites, whoever looked at the brazen snake lifted up was healed. The brazen snake, a type of Christ, Jesus. The Father turned his head from him when our sins were cast upon him. He was smitten of God and forsaken. He bare all the death, destruction of hell. He was still God. No, I didn't see he died spiritually. He didn't. He was perfect in his spirit. But upon him, he bare the image of Satan. Like a snake. Because he carried all the sins of mankind. And when we look at him, like they looked at him, they were healed. We are healed. Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, the leper, was healed. Remember the Shumamite woman who received her boy back from Elijah, healed by the father. We also see the father healed in Genesis 20:17. It says, So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. In the Old Testament, we see God the Father healing, and Jesus did what he saw the Father do. This healing virtue of God has not transitioned away. The mass miracle in Egypt, in Psalm 105, verse 37, Davis tells us what happened, and I won't go into the big story, but this is basically the bottom line. Psalm 105, 37 he brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. All those hundreds of thousands of people, not one feeble. The night before, the aid of the Passover, the type of the Christ. 
who bear our sickness and bore our diseases, and by his stripes we were healed. And they came out without a feeble person among them when they ate of the Passover, the symbol of Jesus Christ, who is the healer. Father healing in the old, Jesus healing in the new. Also, there are many other cases, such as the miracle of Merah, where the bitter waters were made sweet, and that's in Exodus 15, starting at verse 22. King David was healed, Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Psalm 41, verse 3. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing, that will make all his bed in his sickness. Psalm 103, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Jesus, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. The Father, healing all thy diseases. Let's talk about revival a bit. And this is the way I see it. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into the city of the Samaritans enter ye not. Not stressing that yet, here, now. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, this part I'm stressing. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely have received. Freely give. This was a command. It wasn't a suggestion. It's written down in Scripture, the Holy Word of God, to remind us of the commands of Jesus Christ to the ministers of God. They haven't passed away. No one took them out of my Bible. They're still there. They're still speaking. They're still speaking. Jesus is speaking to me, commanding to me, to you, to any. God is speaking. Matthew 12, verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Now, Acts 15, Acts 5, verse 15. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed, everyone, vexed of unclean spirits, not vexed by the Holy Spirit, not vexed by the Father, not vexed by Jesus, vexed of unclean spirits. And they were healed, everyone. Well, well, some people say, oh, oh brother, don't you know that all, that all passed away? That was just a sign, a sign for the Jews, or, you know, uh, God isn't working that way anymore, and uh, 
there's a new method now, God's transitioned or something similar to that. No, it's written down for our learning, our edification, our salvation. You can't separate parts of salvation. Salvation includes the body, but we do not get the fully healed, immortal body of Jesus Christ. Yes, we only have the down payment. This is true. Until the resurrection, then we will have the fullness thereof. But God is overriding the works of the devil every day. Anyone want to believe God's word? Anyone want to believe it? I think some people are looking for reasons. I don't know. I'm not jumping to conclusions. I just don't know. But I do know what God says. The Lord Jesus gives gifts of healing to people. And he has not stopped doing it. In 1 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. The same Holy Ghost is working today. Then my saying, oh, there's all kinds of gifts, all kinds of lunacy, people doing and saying that God has given them so on and so forth. And, well, let's see the fruit. But just because people act strange and do strange things does not mean that I judge God's word by what they do. I judge God's word by what it says by what it says. He means what he said. He writes it down. It's been there. It's for our learning, for our edification, for our comfort, for our conviction, so that we will repent, so that we will do what God wants. Jesus commanded the apostles, and he is commanding his preachers today as well to do the same. Now, does that mean that This is automatic in an assembly line of healing and miracles? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Never was, never will be. The only time it was pretty close to that was probably in the ministry of Jesus Christ and the apostles. And even Jesus went to a city and he could do no miracle there because of their unbelief. Jesus himself couldn't heal, do a miracle because of their unbelief. But it was only written one time in the book. That So I'm not saying it only, that only happened one time, but it was one time mentioned. But we sure did see healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil many times. Healing takes place on an individual level all the time. But massive moves of miracles and healing by the Holy Spirit is meant to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and is seen often during revivals. The greatest was the stellar moves of God that was witnessed in the ministry of Jesus, hallelujah, and the apostles. I believe great moves of mass miracles and healings are common with revivals, but these mass miracle phenomena do not occur commonly all the time. It is a move of the Holy Spirit involving repentance, conversion, and miracles, and healing, all meant to draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ 
and give preeminence to the Lord Jesus Christ. And here is the verse, I think, that explains this revival thing to us. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, and no one ever showed me this. No one ever told me about this. Only the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now when you look at times of refreshing, wow, certainly had some. God, I wish I had more. God, I wish I had more. Times of refreshing. But when you look up, times of refreshing, it says properly a recovery of breath, a revival, hyphen, revival, figuratively a revival or a revival, a revival. This is the difference. Sometimes God moves in these powerful ways and there's manifestations all over the place. Some of these are appointed times, like most assuredly the most biggest appointed time that there ever was, the manifestation on earth of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, some of these times are brought on by God's people humbling themselves and praying and God answering. Some of these times, I think, are appointed times. Does that mean that we walk in this mighty move of miracles all the time? Mm, No, no. But healing is for us commonly on an individual basis. But some of it is up to our faith. Times of refreshing, revivals can occur when God's people humble themselves and pray. Now, uh, I want to go to a dictionary of early Christian beliefs. Page 328. Quotes on divine healing from the early church fathers. See how many men of rank have been delivered from devils and healed of diseases. That was Tertullian, circa 212. He was a member of the Western Fathers. I, I wondered myself, were these men of rank religious leaders or secular leaders or both? I just had a hunch in my spirit that I think he was talking about the rank being religious leaders. That there was some kind of a revival among them and God was healing them and restoring them. Maybe it's just me. Here's another quote. Disease, accident, and death come upon the spiritual man too. Clement of Alexandria, circuit Circa 195, member of the Eastern Fathers. Paul said it's appointed unto a man wants to die. Wants to die. And all people can be, and these are my words, and all people can be attacked with diseases. Spiritual men, unspiritual men, everyone is subject to attack by Satan, by hell, by spirits of infirmity. It happens. Some persons provide evidence of their... Here's another quote. Some persons provide evidence of their having received through this faith 
a marvelous power by the cures which they perform. They invoke no other name over those persons who need their help than the name of God of all things and of Jesus along with a mention of his history. By these means, I, too, have seen many persons freed from grievous calamities, from distraction of mind, madness, and countless other ills that could not be cured by either men or devils. That was origin, circa 248, an Eastern Father. Here's another one. The disease of the eyes, the attack of fevers, and the feebleness of all the limbs is common to us with others so long as this common flesh of ours is born by us in the world. Cyprian, circa 250. There we see him telling us, hey, we're all subject to it. We all have mortal bodies. Our bodies are just like everybody else's body, only we have a Savior. They don't. If they're not saved, they hadn't got the power over sickness and disease. That's a free gift. From Luke, here's my thoughts. From Luke. Chapter 7, verse 2 to Luke 8, verse 49. We learn of the great miracles performed by Jesus. We see the healing of the centurion servant. The centurion servant. The resurrection of the widow's son at Nain. There was the healing of the many and casting out of all their devils. The deliverance of Mary Magdalene from seven spirits. The deliverance of the demoniac with a legion of devils in the country of the Gadarenes, the healing of the woman, sick for 12 years with initial blood, and the resurrection of Jairus' daughter. What an amazing display of our Savior. What an amazing display of the love of the Father demonstrated through Jesus Christ to save, heal, and deliver mankind. You can have a revival in your own life, even if the others around you are hard. You can have a great move of the Holy Spirit in your own heart, your own body, through the, in your own soul, through the blood of Jesus. All around you can do whatever. I stand on the Word. I hope you'll stand with me. It is sad to realize too many Christians have hardened themselves from ever receiving. Ever receiving in their doubt and unbelief or whatever it is that holds them. They'd never receive. Now, I'm not condemning those that haven't received. There's things I don't understand and there's other reasons. I'm not going into those. You don't answer to me. Please don't feel condemned. Please don't feel burdened because you're sick and I'm not or someone else isn't or whatever. We all get ill. I get ill. I get sick sometimes. You hear me coughing and hacking on the radio. James chapter 1 verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. 
For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Remember, Jesus could do no miracle there because of their unbelief. There's something to that. There's something to that. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Not being tossed here and there and wavering in faith is resisting the devil. We resist the desire to waver. Our weakness, our body, our pain, and those around us, doctors, devils, people, you know, giving us all kinds of reasons to waver, all kinds of reasons not to resist. But the word says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The basis of all healing is the cross, the blood of Jesus and his stripes. The basis is the healing stripes of the cross of Christ and his cleansing blood. He won the healing for you at Calvary. It's been done. Romans chapter 10, verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, well, well. Confession is made unto salvation. Oh, well, that just applies to my eternal soul. I'm thankful to God. Thankful to God that's true. But it's not limited to the salvation of the soul. You can be delivered from every illness, infirmity, sickness, and disease. It's covered by the cross, and confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation from illness and sickness and disease as well. The Apostle Paul also admits that the sickness that plagued him was from a messenger of Satan, not God. It wasn't God, it was a messenger from hell. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Well, that's the word of God, and there's something to it. There's something to it. And But Paul himself, he was a unique apostle who was given tremendous revelation knowledge 
of the mysteries in Scripture. The infirmities were given to keep him humble and weak. And in that position, his pride was checked. And Jesus Christ could continue to use him. I mean, the revelations, the power, the presence of God, seeing Jesus. You know, he was a man. The desire, the pride could come up. God give him a messenger to take care of that. We, however, are just saints struggling to understand what the Bible says. We have no such reason for pride. And I'm not saying some people don't have the slightest simple little reason and still have pride. But we have not been given the important letters from God to be recorded as the very word of God. If we were all called to be sick to help keep us humble and to help perfect us, not very much would get done. Everyone would be too weak to do anything. All the Christian doctors would be sick. All the Christian teachers and pastors would be sick. I mean, after all, if God wanted to keep us perfected and weak so we could be strong and all this and purify us and keep us from being proud, we'd have to go to the worldly doctors for help. Christian armies would all be rendered powerless through infirmities. The Christian doctors, teachers, scientists, explorers, artists, and architects have either been Christians, the greatest, have all been Christian or come from a Christian society. But if they were all in infirmities to help perfect them, they would not have passed on their great work to mankind. Paul was unique, but there's something to it for all of us. These words are for all of us. Every word of God is written for us. What he said to with such a demonstrative way of it coming upon us, maybe not quite so intense as Paul, but there's something to it. While Paul was in Rome in custody, he said this in Acts chapter 28, verse 27. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. God wanted to heal them. These people, these Jews, that he was in Rome and he called together the brethren and the Jews and they they were hard. God wanted to heal them. Of course, this should heal refers not only to physical healing, but the salvation of spirit, soul, and body, which is all encompassed in the cross of Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul reminded us of great kindness and generosity of the Father. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things, all things, not some things, 
Well, I can give you that. I can help you on that one, I think, and I can give you a little of that. But, uh, you know, the sickness, disease, uh, uh, you know, all things, freely give us all things, health, 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 health. Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. It's all freely given. The price has been paid. Nothing has to be done on your part but to believe and receive. Confess with the mouth, believe and receive. Confess with the mouth, freely give us all things. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All reminding his dear saints, his folk, his churches. Your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. The preservation of the body is just as true as the preservation of the soul and spirit. And we have been delivered from the powers of darkness. The powers of darkness, we've been delivered. What kind of powers? The powers that hold us into sin. The power of Satan to overcome us. The power of sin to kill us and give us disease and illness. Every power that comes from hell, greed, pride, that plays upon our mortal flesh that's so easily led astray. We've been delivered from it. Paul says in Colossians 1, verse 13, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son? Well, we're delivered from the power of sickness and disease. And in God's kingdom, in his Son's kingdom, there is mercy, there is love, there is kindness, there is health, there is healing. Yeah. There's other things sometimes people need to be straightened out, kept from pride, being checked, so forth. There's something to it. Amen. Yes. But there's all the goodness of God, all the deliverance from all power of all darkness. Remember what the apostle said by the word of God and reminded us of the will of God in Third John chapter 1. Verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Was that just the dear old Apostle John speaking to his church or the people that knew him at his time that he had such benevolent feelings for his kinfolk and his church people? No. And yes, probably so, but it's also the word of God, eternal, forever, will not pass away. It's God speaking to the generations that will come to him, that know him. Beloved, I wish above all things. How many things, Jesus? How many things, Father? Above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. 
hey, I didn't make it up. I didn't say it. God told it to me. God told it to you. God told it to the church. Above all things, that you be in health, even as thy soul prospers. The early church father origin said, the name of Jesus can still remove distraction from the minds of men, expel demons, and take away diseases. Furthermore, it produces a marvelous meekness of spirit and a complete change of character, all in line with God's word. Amen. Amen, origin. Amen. It takes away all the diseases, but Look at what else it does. Furthermore, it produces a marvelous meekness of spirit. The presence of the Holy Ghost in you. Oh, oh, uh, I need some sickness and disease. I need some pain and suffering to get that meekness. Uh, uh, oh, 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 well. How about the Holy Ghost just does it? How about the Holy Ghost just gives you a marvelous meekness of spirit and a complete change of character through the blood of Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit of God how about that takes preeminence over any illness any sickness or disease that the preeminent Lord Jesus Christ give us a marvelous meekness of spirit and a complete change of character Father tonight I give you thanks for your word. Lord Jesus Christ, I give you thanks for your holy Bible. You are the word and you were there in the beginning and you're going to be there at the end and you're here every day, all the time, 24-7. And I thank you, Lord, for your words and exhortations and comfort. I thank you that you delivered us from these things. And do we see them automatic? No, Lord, but they're for us. Let us not waver from believing your word, but press in and destroy the works of the darkness, destroy the works of the devil, and resist the devil, and he will flee from us. So I pray, Lord Jesus, that you give us the strength and desire to press into your word in all ways, that we could be counted worthy ministers of the full gospel, the full word of God, all of what it says, not specializing only in a few things, Lord, but help us to understand the complete word of God. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. Amen. Any questions Amen. in the chat room? Um, no, I don't see any questions. If anyone has any question, prayer requests, especially about healing right now, I'd love to pray for anybody about healing. But if there's any questions, challenges, whatever, bring them on. Well, I've got a question. Okay, so I'm just trying to follow this. This is my first. Slow down, brother. Slow down. Oh, it's just. um, 
the I'm just wondering about the Oh man, I got so many notes here. Man, that's a lot of scripture, man. I'm gonna have to just just, just I understand. Look at all of this. Let me say this. Healing is definitely in the atonement. Healing is definitely on an individual basis. And any of you that's confused out there, throw your confusion to the side, okay? Don't be confused. There's no big I's and little U's, all right? And everything's according to God's will. It's on an individual basis, period. Period. If it's according to his will, he'll answer. And if it's not, he won't. You say, why wouldn't he want to answer a prayer of healing? Well, that's in his own plan. Even though it is in the scriptures, it has to be in the it has to be in the atonement because God is a healing God. I've seen God heal over and over and over again. On a mass scale, where somebody's running around slapping their hands upside somebody's head, absolutely not. Been right in the middle of all of it. No. Maybe somebody has. I haven't. And I've exposed myself to the middle of it to where I could get a first-hand look at it and one of the greatest modern-day supposed revivals there was in Brownsville, which was an offshoot of the Toronto revival. Now, I got right in the middle of it, so I wouldn't be sitting back being judgmental, but I would try it myself. Hilarious. Healing is definitely in the atonement. Yes, it was in the stripes of Christ, and it's on an individual basis. And you say, well, you mean, Brother Don, that um, there's nobody can run, lay their hands on you. Well, James said if you lay the, uh, the hands on the sick, that they'll recover. Well, they might, and then again, they might not. It's according to God's will. You say it's again, well, he says one place it's his will that he does heal, and another place it says it's ambiguous. That's because it's according to his will and his plan. No man hath known the mind of God. Okay? Paul tells you that in the last few verses of Romans chapter 11. If it's contrary to his will. Paul in in Philippians chapter 1 verse 26 tells you that suffering is part of your calling. Not only salvation, but suffering. And Paul, the, one of the, the greatest faith healer there was in the New Testament, couldn't even heal his own friend in the end. Dad, turn to Second Timothy chapter 4 and read the last mm-hmm. four verses. So don't feel sick. If you're sick, if you've got a disease and you went to the Lord, honestly, you fasted and prayed about it, and you've 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 cleaned your you you cut put everything under the blood. Don't feel secondary if you haven't got healing. Okay. There are no big eyes and little use. Somebody with more faith supposedly than you got when you really do have faith. That is if you really have now. Okay. 
Brother Chad, read those last verses in Second Timothy four. This is this is from the greatest healer in the New Testament that did like that people could even get healed by their his handkerchief if he touched it at one time. Let's see what happened near the end of his ministry when it came to individual people laying hands on people and and, and let's see about that. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Yeah, Paul says uh, salute. Trisca uh, and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Eurastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Okay. That's the greatest faith healer there was outside of Jesus Christ himself. He couldn't even heal his own friend. He had to leave him at Miletum sick. I thought faith. I thought healing was in the atonement. It is, but God had other. There was plans for Trophimus since salvation was on an individual basis, and your walk in the Lord is on an individual basis. You can't broad brush healing. Can't be done. It never was meant that way. Go to Philippians chapter one, brother Chad, and read verse twenty-six. And Paul knew this. That's why when he talked to his beloved Philippians, this is what he told them. Read verse 26, Brother Chad. Philippians 126. Um, that's the one he says... Uh, you want me to read You want me to quote it or are you going to read it? Philippians 126. That, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by coming to you again. Keep on reading. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. All the way to verse 29. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. You have to 33 million Christians got killed under the Inquisition by the pious bastard over in Rome. And they had plenty of faith. And they loved the Lord. See, it's on an individual basis, and it's according to God's will. You got Christians everywhere now. Has anybody ever been in a nursing home and if they see some old wonderful Christian old lady with long flowing blonde hair that prays all the time and is sick? You're gonna tell her that she hadn't prayed and God's not answering her prayer when she prays for everybody else and the Lord answers her prayer. I've seen that too. So just don't get cut, just don't like I said. What Brother Dave said is absolutely true. Healing is in the atonement. But healing is on an individual basis. Because salvation now is on an individual basis. National salvation comes later. That's not my opinion. That's according to the Lord himself in Matthew 25. Everybody wants a little bit of something um, special to give them extra faith. You don't need a sign unless you're from Judah. Only Judah seeks for a sign. Paul said that's the reason the gifts were given. It was for a sign. That's what he said. I didn't say that. That's what Paul said. Now, Brother Chad, go to Romans 15 and read verse 8. 
Romans 15 and 8. Now, as you see, all, this, all, these ver- all the verses out of the Gospels, absolutely 100% the Word of God and true, okay? Every one of them. Every Word of God is pure from the beginning, and all of His, all of his judgments endure forever, okay? But you've got to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. So I want to show you another division here. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Read verse 8. Romans, Romans 15 and 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. Okay. I want you to drop down to verse 11. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah Verse, verse 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. There's two different ministers to two different groups of people. Just like there's three tiers to salvation, two ministers, two different people. Okay? Are you part of the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Then you fall under the Gentiles. Then you should read the apostle to the Gentiles. Okay? There is no covenant until the death of the testator. So the new covenant did not even take effect till after the resurrection. That's according to Hebrews chapter 3. Amen. So don't get confused out there and don't feel second class. Do not feel second class. That's the reason that uh, Oral Roberts and all them other sapsuckers are some of the wickedest devils on earth because they make other Christians that plead the blood of Christ, pray with squalling tears that their child will be healed and their child dies of cancer and these faith healers take their money and walk right on. But healing's in the atonement? Yes, it is. It's on an individual basis and according to God's will. You can sum everything up in those two things. And it's an on an individual basis between and your fellowship with Jesus Christ and your relationship with God is determined upon that factor. The greatest Christian that ever lived suffered as much as anybody. And he tells you that's part of your calling, not only to be saved, but to suffer. Well, Christ said we're supposed to have life and have it more abundantly. Of course, that's true. But our life in Christ is different than the life of people on this earth. We're not supposed to love this world out of the things that are in the world. We're supposed to, we're supposed to fashion our life after the eternal life. We seek a city, a heavenly city, not an earthly one. So do not be confused. Let no confusion run through your mind because God's not the author of confusion. And when you find two verses that seem to contradict, there is a reconciliation. There's an answer. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You cannot take the Gospels without taking the Epistles, and vice versa. Can't do it. I mean, you can, but you'll wind up with false doctrine. Uh, that's what this whole ministry has been about, is to show you the difference and why people out there 
will take certain verses of Scripture and they'll hang their hat on it. And hey, if God deals with them individually in that way, fine. But don't broad brush everybody under those circumstances. Because he deals with us individually. My road's a different road than your road. The burdens I have to bear are different burdens than you have to bear. God knows he's got a key to every lock and a monkey wrench to fit every nut on an individual basis. Just do not be confused and do not think yourself secondary. Because you've got something's wrong with you and you have prayed and, and fasted and everything else and God has not seen fit to take it away. He didn't take away Paul's and Paul sought him three times. He wouldn't heal Trophimus and Paul was the greatest faith healer that ever walked the earth outside of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said they that are sick need a physician. Not them that have no need of a position. He said it three times. Yes. Amen. So keep that stuff in mind. Stuff Brother David told you, you better spend some time and think about it. Say, have you exhausted? Have you exhausted your prayer life? Have you actually went to God? Have you actually prayed? See? Have you actually actually applied that? Have you sought God for that healing? If you have and he hasn't given it to you, accept it. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You think anybody wants to die? You think anybody wants to be slaughtered like sheep? But Paul says we're, we're slaughtered like sheep all the day long to the slaughter. Yet nobody can lay anything to the charge of God's elect in the same breath. Doesn't the word of God say no weapon formed against us will prosper? Look around you. Seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? But it doesn't prosper against you personally. And if it does, it's because God's allowing it to take place. Satan can do nothing other than... God gives him permission to do it. He is on a rope and he'll stay on a rope. God gives him a little and pulls him back. If he turned him loose, which he's going to do in the time of Jacob's trouble, he's going to wreak havoc like it's never been wreaked on this earth before since creation. But I hope you wrote those scriptures down, Brother Dave gave tonight. Study them, pray over them. And may the Holy Spirit of God lead and guide and direct you in what to do. Okay? But don't you, but those out there, uh, download or whatever, Brother Steve, Sister Julie, any of you folks out there that have been to the Lord, you understand what I'm saying, don't you? Don't any of you feel second don't feel second class. Don't feel like there's something out there that somebody else has got that you ain't got. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Yeah, amen. 
Now, I could go and spend another half hour in First Peter chapter 2, all the way through the end of the book, Peter deals with suffering. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials you to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as Christ's sufferings in you. First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. For we glory in your trials and tribulations, for it's a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be found worthy. That's not my opinion. That's the book. But it's in the epistles, see. Brother Chad, go read First Peter chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, and then we will go ahead and shut her down. So it's been over an hour. Okay. While, he, while he's turning there to First Peter 4, folks, study the scriptures wherein you think you have eternal life. Rightly divide the word of truth. And your relationship between you and the Lord Jesus Christ is all important. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And your personal matters of health, see, they're also personal to take to the Lord. Because definitely there was healing in the atonement. Isaiah said, with his stripes, you are healed. Peter said, they were past tense healed difference in two words one's past tense one's present go ahead and read it brother chad first peter four and one for as much then as christ hath suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise oh arm yourself likewise see go ahead brother arm yourselves likewise with the same mind for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin See there? That, Go ahead. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. God uses everything. Romans eight twenty eight. He uses everything that this world dishes up, everything that Satan can ring down on us, individual body of Christ, the bride of Christ. He uses each thing that this world can offer up to glorify his son. Sickness, death, divorce, rape, murder, manslaughter, theft, everything God uses. He will turn Satan's tool and for use it for his honor and glory every single time in the life of a Christian. All things work together for good to them that love God. All, all encompassing, yes. Just like he can heal you from all your infirmities, if it be his will, everything that's done is for the glory of God. And all things do work together for good. And Paul covered every one of the bases. Do you notice that he didn't see, he was, he was in the Mamertine prison when he wrote that, about Trophimus, he didn't seem fit to add an addendum to it because he'd done told you to study to show yourself approved unto God. Go to first, go to Second Thessalonians one, read verse six, brother. 
Second Thessalonians one. Mm-hmm. Read verse five through seven. Verse five, which is a manifest. Token. Okay, drop up and read verse four and five. All right. Um. Okay. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Does God send that against his holy word? Absolutely not. Satan succumbs, but God uses Satan to glorify himself. That's what the whole book of Job's about. Is God granting Satan permission and God getting glory in the end? How simple is that? I don't have to sit here and, and parse words. I can just plainly tell you. That's what the whole book of Job's about. To show you right up front that God's going to use Satan to glorify himself. That he's got him on a leash and he only allows him to do what God allows him to do. He can't work on his own click. So keep that in mind as you study and pray. And my, may God's grace and mercy be with each and every one of you. And study what Brother Dave said. And learn those scriptures and learn to go to God in faith. But also learn to be able to say, Thy will be done, Lord. Not mine, but thine be done. Brother Chad, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father in heaven, we uh, thank you so much for the uh, exhortation, Lord, and the elevation of your word to the forefront of our thoughts, Lord, for your word established in heaven. And it's going to be here long after we're gone, and it was here long before time even started, Lord, and it's settled, and what it is, it is. And it's your will that counts, Lord. It's not our will. And we thank you for giving us the, the the perfect word in written form that we may be able to test these things and to study to show ourselves approved unto you, Lord, that we be not ashamed or left without, that we uh, be able to fill ourselves and, uh, you know, faith is an action, Lord. It's It's a forward action. And the faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by your precious word, Lord, for man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of your mouth, Lord. Amen. We're so thankful that uh, we have that word, Lord. So I uh, pray for everyone tonight to get a good night's rest and that, they're, that they come to you and uh, that we all come to you, Lord, in fellowship with, uh, with a pure heart and, and, and uh, turn it over to you, Lord. We, we ask you to forgive our sins of today any offenses that we committed as we do them every day but uh, you paid for them in that one glorious moment Lord your entire time here you lived you lived a life that none of us could ever live you are God manifest in the flesh you came here and you lived and died and bore our sins for us and you nailed them to your cross Lord not the Romans cross not the Jews cross it was your cross And when you left, you gave up the ghost. 
It wasn't the nails that hung you on that cross, Lord. It was your love for us. And we thank you so much for your precious blood that you've made us clean in you, that we are in you and you are in us, and that you've given us the Holy Spirit to comfort us to that time, that we'd be reunited with you, Lord, to serve your will off out into eternity, Lord. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. We love you. Amen. 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 Good job, Brother Dave. Lord willing, yes, tomorrow brother. night, Amen. tomorrow night, Brother Chad will be bringing a message, and uh, I hope you come back tomorrow night. God bless each and every one of you. May God's grace be with you, with His healing power, with His precious blood to cleanse you from all sin. In Jesus' name, Amen. Good night, everyone. Amen. Good night, Good night. everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Linda.
like a, a song of praise. In spite of all the evil, the rejoicing around the world among believers is fantastic. And it's eternal. I don't know what's in your heart right now. Only God knows that. But according to John 3.3, the only way we can see God's kingdom is to be born from above and have his forgiveness. To be part of God's kingdom or to have to live for eternity with the agony and remorse and regret of those who, who rejected him and his love. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.